Amen. Greetings tonight in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for coming out tonight to this service. I uh, want to give a special uh, recognition to the children tonight. Just want to bless the little children. I was keeping my eye on uh, Ashley's little boy, and he was just gazing up here at Kendrick leading the songs, and I had to wonder what goes through his little mind. And probably more important, what goes into his little heart in a service like this tonight. And what a blessing for children to have this opportunity to hear the word of God preached and hear the songs sung. And the Bible says, Jesus said that we should become as little children. We should be as little children. Be silent, be silent, his mercy record. Be silent, be silent, and wait on the Lord. You know, there was a time in the Bible when a man didn't wait on the Lord, and it was, it was to his utter ruin. It was Saul. He didn't wait on the Lord. He took things in his own hands when things got, when he got into a hard place. And is that a, is that a tragedy, brothers and sisters, that we can make today? Just think about that. Be silent, be silent, and wait on the Lord. I think it is. I think we can many times get in a hurry and, and walk ahead of the Lord. So let's bow our heads for prayer tonight. <clears throat> oh God, before Jehovah's awful throne, we bow tonight. God, thank you. It's, it's just a normal Sunday night, Lord, a beautiful sunset. Oh Lord, such a privilege and an opportunity to come to the house of the Lord and God, the things that we are speaking about tonight are eternal. Lord, just speak these things deep into our heart tonight. Oh God, I pray you'd rebuke Satan away that would bring many distractions to our minds. Lord, and distract us from this important truth that is upon my heart tonight. Help me to preach it in such a way, Lord, that I don't Distract from, from giving the message, Lord, in any way. Oh, God, I pray. What a privilege, what an opportunity, Lord, to come before your awful throne this evening. We do that in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we come just blessed. 
Lord, that we can be called the children of God. And Lord, we come asking for your blessing. Lord, assist me in preaching this important truth. Lord, assist all of us in receiving it, God. Lord, the chances of us missing God, not waiting on God, walking, going our own way, walking in the flesh, walking in the wisdom of, of, of our minds, Lord, and not waiting on God. Lord, I pray you'd impress that deeply upon all our hearts tonight. Lord, we know this was a practice that Jesus did all the time. He waited on God, waited on his Father to give him direction. So teach us this truth tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I don't know about you, but the longer I live, the older I get, the more I believe it's of utmost importance that we learn this important exercise, and that is to wait quietly on God. Letting God speak to my soul. Letting God speak to my soul. Oh, the... The, 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 uh, the importance of that. Letting God speak to my soul out of this word. My never dying soul. Just having enough time. Making it important enough. To put time aside to sit at a solitary place with your Bible on your lap. And God speaking to your and my soul. God. Speaking to your and my soul personally. We got to have it. We got to have that. It's finding ourselves alone with God in solitude. Making time to be alone with God. It's when we're alone with a friend. I'm sure you find it this way. It's when you're alone with a friend. It may be dark, it may be on a walk that the real heart feelings come out. I know it's that way for me, or at least was. Or if if you're alone with your spouse, that the deep heartfelt communion happens. And it's the same way with God. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. It's a secret place. He that dwelleth there. He that 
is at home there. He that is okay there. He that is comfortable there. He that dwelleth. You know, where we dwell is where we are comfortable. He that dwelleth. He's used to being there. He can, he can, he's at ease there. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. <clears throat> David was a very busy man. David in the Bible. We all know that he was a king, he was a warrior, he was a soldier. He had a lot going. He was a busy man. And the question that I want us to ponder now is what what made David the man that he was? What made David the man that he was? What made David What was it that made David a man after God's own heart? Was it simply because he had it going for him? Was it simply because he was that way naturally? What was it that made David the man that he was? He was a busy man. He was a king. I'm sure there were many demands upon his life. And if you turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 4, four, we'll read his own testimony of at least one of the things that made him what he was. Psalms chapter 4. There might have been a few other things, but I believe this is one major thing in David's life that made him the man that he was. And we'll see it in verse 4. I'll just give it, then we'll read the whole short chapter there. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Stand in awe before Jehovah's awful throne. Our creator God, stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Hear me when I call, verse 1, O God of my righteousness, Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing? Selah. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. But know that the Lord has set him apart, him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness 
and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, who will show us any good? There are many naysayers. There are many discouraging spirits out there that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the times that their corn and their wine increase. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for Lord, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. What a testimony. David is saying, you're better than wine, God. He's saying, God, lift up your countenance upon us. Put your gladness in our hearts. That was David's testimony. That was what made David a man after God's own heart. I I believe that David had to learn this habit of waiting on God. He was a normal boy, just like Marvin or Levon or any other boy. He had many distractions, but somewhere King David, young shepherd David, got a hold of God. He got a hold of God out there on those hills, taking care of those sheep, a young lad. He got the habit of waiting on God, worshiping God out there under the stars. And this thing went with him, and he He got older and he got responsibility and he became a a king. And he continued this habit of waiting on God. Stilling his heart before God. An example we could think about tonight of David is there when they came back from, I believe it was being rejected by the Philistine king to go to battle with the Philistines. I believe it was when they were over there, when David and his men were in, in, with the Philistines running from, I believe it was Saul or one, of his, or one of his boys. I'm not sure who he was running from, but anyway, they were, they were sent back. They didn't take, allow him to go along to battle. The Philistines didn't. King wanted him to go along, but his... his uh, His uh, warriors didn't want David along. So he sends him home and they come back home and their city is burned. The city of Ziglag. You remember that story. Their wives are all taken and, and everything is gone. And those big grown men wept till they couldn't weep anymore. And then their sorrow and their grief turned into anger and they talked about stoning David. And in that desperation, David stilled his heart before God. He got alone with God somewhere in that desperate situation. It was just the natural thing for him to do. And he heard from God and he encouraged himself in the Lord. We need that these days, brothers and sisters. We need to learn this very important truth. We'll talk about a more few practical things in just a moment. But Jesus had this habit as well. Jesus did the same thing. 
Just before his crucifixion there, it says in Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, 39, and he came out and went as he was wont. That word want, W-O-N-T, that word want means as he was accustomed to or as his manner was. Jesus had the habit of getting alone with God. I know we know about this. This is no new, new, new doctrine that I'm teaching. But brothers and sisters, are we doing it? Do we have a place to go? Can I say it is, I have a place where I am want to go? Jesus had this habit of doing that. And it was in the Mount of Olives. And we know that, that deep, hard prayer that he prayed there just before he was arrested. Well, let's consider a little more in practical terms this matter of be still. Be still and know that I am God. We'll get to that shortly here. That's in Psalms 46. If you want to turn there, you can. Psalms 46. Be still and know that I am God. Verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. In practical terms... If we want to learn the habit to be still, we need to make a choice. We need to make a choice. Have you made a decision? Have you put it in concrete, brothers and sisters, tonight? To practice the habit of being still before Jehovah's awful throne? We need to make a choice to do it. We need to make a suitable place to do it. I don't think we should be haphazard about this. We need to make a place where we can go to on a regular basis. It's my place where I go to be still before God and wait on the Lord and have my quiet time. It's my space. It's my place. We need to remove all possible distractions to doing it. There will be plenty. Satan knows that if we get a hold of this truth, our lives will be transformed. Tonight, dearly beloved, this is not just for the men, but it's also for the women. Mary found this out. Mary chose that better part to sit at Jesus' feet. This needs to be done with reverential fear. Habakkuk 2.20 says, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. To learn to come into the presence of God and wait on God. Reverentially. Before God waiting on the Lord perhaps with an open Bible on our laps. More specifically, I believe this should be, in a small way, our experience every day. Our daily devotion should have a bit of this, and I'll explain what I mean. Our daily 
This is our filling station. This is where we get strength to, to, to meet the battles of the day, right here. And in a small way, we should connect with God every day, in a small way. Every day. Our daily walk with God depends on this. In a small way. I know we can't, you know, do a major thing every day. We'll get to that in a minute here. But in a small way, we ought to have our, a habit of being silent and waiting on God. God is not in a hurry. We often are. We often are. This should be our daily walk, our daily habit. Lord, speak to me. Give me a word. Give me a revelation of yourself. Just open my eyes. Show me something of yourself. And just sit there and meditate and wait on the Lord. The next step up as our needs and troubles get greater. And they do. Life is not even keel. Sometimes we have bigger needs than other times. But when our needs and our troubles get greater, so should our pursuit of God. So should our pursuit of God. Now we may need a whole day to set aside. We're up against a wall. It feels like we can't get through to God. This trouble is big. My problem is big. My heart is heavy. It's been heavy for a week. I've been struggling with this besetting sin that no one knows about. And I don't want it, but I can't get over it. And sin will take us away from God. And what will you do? There's other things to do with sin. You can confess it and share it with someone, and and you should probably do that. But as our needs and our troubles and our problems and our challenges get, get greater, so should our pursuit of God. When Jesus was called to, when he knew what, that he's going to call the 12 disciples the next day, think about it, 12 men to take over his work. He spent all night in prayer before the night before. When he knew his crucifixion is not far away, he entered into that place there in the in the. In the in the garden of Gethsemane and prayed that, that prayer. Maybe you need a day. Maybe, maybe we need three days now to meet the need, to get so serious about what we're facing. I will give a whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, alone with God. Maybe a week What is the need? A season alone with God. A Bible, a songbook, maybe A.W. Tozer's book on, on, on the attributes of God or the pursuit of God. Just waiting on God. Waiting on God. And you spend that time Alone with God. Coming with a trust in God. Perhaps with a schedule. Knowing what you're going to do. You come organized. I'm going to do this for so long. I'm going to worship God. 
I'm going to pray for an hour. I'm going to read the Bible for an hour. I'm going to rest for an hour. I'm going to, I'm going to read a book or, or maybe, maybe you'll listen to audio, something that'll, that'll, that'll lift your spirit up. Brothers and sisters, we're in a battle. We're in a battle. And I believe here is where we get our ammunition. Here's where we get our strength. Yes, we need each other. Yes, we need the brotherhood. Yes, God can speak through the preacher. But brothers and sisters, we need this. We need this. Be still. In this world today, busy schedules, meetings every evening, if you'd let it, Brother Larry and myself and Earl and others, there's meetings every evening, things to do, places to go. When can we find time to be still and learn to know God? Be still. This world, our fast-paced world, knows very little about being still. Amen? Very little about being still. Many, many people cannot handle stillness. They always got to have noise. They always got to have something coming into their ears. They cannot stand removing everything but, and, but, but wait, and waiting on God. Can you, can you do that? Can I do that? Going on to the second part of that line, be still and know that I am God. It is implied that by being still in deep contemplation and meditation on God's word, our knowledge of God grows. We go deeper with God. It's implied in this verse. Be still and know that I am God. So you come to God with all your problems. I mean, I come to God with my big problem and I still my heart and I get my eyes off of my problem long enough that I can get them on God. And I wait before God and before Jehovah's awful throne, God begins to become God. He begins to become the the creator God. And he begins to grow in my heart and faith begins to grow in my heart. And I begin to believe his word and his power and his greatness become greater in my little mind. And I go deeper with God. Be still and know that I am God. Dearly beloved, it's a deep river. That flows quietly. The shallow one babbles. Which one do we want to be? The deep river that flows quietly? Or the babbling brook? And the way we're going to get there is learning to be still before God. And calming my heart. And bringing my, letting, getting my eyes off of my problems long enough that God can become God in my mind. 
Oh, the need to continually seek to know God more and more. Listen to what Peter tells us. Peter says, but grow in grace. How are we going to do that? But grow in grace. One way is to look at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. As as we behold him, we become like him. Peter says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge, there's that word knowledge, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now, today in our experience. To him be glory both now and forever throughout eternity. God's will is for Jesus to be so real to us that we give him glory now. To him be glory now. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be still and know God. What happens when God reveals a deeper dimension of himself to us than we've known before? Well, what happened to the men in the Bible? They were humbled. They were humbled. The ground around them became holy ground. Every one of them, I believe, fell on their face. And to some of them, God said, take off the shoes of your feet, for the ground that you stand on is holy ground. We're humbled, and we're encouraged, and we're strengthened. I'm not talking tonight about knowing more about God, but knowing God more. Knowing God more. Knowing God more. Peter said, grow in our knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh, whenever, uh, uh, after, after Christ's resurrection, whenever Jesus revealed himself, either the men's hearts burned or they were awestruck, I think the same should be true today to a measure. In Daniel 11.32 it says, But the people that do know their God... But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Daryl used that word this morning. I picked it up because I had it in my mind for this message tonight. He used that word, exploits. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That word, exploits, out of Webster's 1828 dictionary, the definition is a deed or act more especially a heroic act, a deed of renown. The people that know their God, they shall do heroic acts. They shall be heroes. And my mind went, for example, my mind went to a few, and the Bible is full of them, but my mind went to Elijah on Mount Carmel. He knew God. He prayed And fire came down out of heaven and 
fell upon the altar and burned up the sacrifice and the water. And you know, you know the story. The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Brothers and sisters, are we as strong as we should be? Are we as strong in our Christian faith as we should be? Are we doing heroic acts for, the, for God? Think of another one with me, David and Goliath. An heroic act. The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And dearly beloved, I believe the difference was between David and those other soldiers that when Goliath came out, those other soldiers ran for shelter, ran for the dugouts. And because David knew God, because David knew his God, he's like, what's going on here? Is there not a cause? This guy is defying the living God. And his faith in God and his, know, his knowledge of God made all the difference. And I think of another group of people that the Bible talks about. And it's the overcoming Christian. He is a hero tonight, Brother Darrell. He is a hero tonight. The overcoming Christian. What makes a hero? A hero is a hero because there are few in comparison. That's what makes a hero a hero. Because in comparison to all, all the players in the game or to all the professed Christianity, there are a few overcomers. In Christendom, may we be of that kind. Overcoming Christians. Overcoming Christians. Overcoming discouragement. Overcoming fear. Fear is a giant to some. Discouragement is a Goliath to some. And when he comes marching into our lives, fear, there goes our faith. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. In the name of the Lord, we can overcome Fear, doubt, discouragement, besetting sins. Which sins didn't Jesus die for? Which sins doesn't the blood of Jesus give us a victory over? I don't know of any. Dearly beloved, we need to be still and let God become big. So big. We fear God. We, we meditate on his word and we see what he says he can do and wants to do. And we say, uh-oh, I'm not there. And so we wait on God. We wait on God till I get what I need to be an overcoming Christian. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2 for this point. 
An overcoming Christian. Overcoming sins. 1 John chapter 2. I want to show you something very important here. 1 John chapter 2 verse 13 and 14. I write unto you fathers. Because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men. Because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Do you see what I see in these verses? It is all throughout these verses that the power is in knowing God. Did you see it? That's where it's at. It's not in knowing about God in our heads. It is having a walk with God and waiting on God. And he speaks to me and I know him. Ye have known him that is from the beginning. Verse 13. Ye have known him. I have verse 14. I have written unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. It's in learning to know God. And remember I said brothers and sisters. It's not for the men. It's not just for the, it's not just for the men. It's not just for the preachers. It's for you young ladies in here. To sit before your God and wait on him. Learn the art of waiting on God. Notice the connection between knowing God and overcoming your sin and my sin. Jesus said, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. He that overcometh I will give to eat of the hidden manna. Reminds me of the secret place of God that privilege that benefit that few know of it's a secret I'm giving you a secret tonight he that overcometh shall inherit all things now a caution here in the end The source of our information for meditation. What are we meditating on? Information in our day is a dime a dozen. It's probably even cheaper than that anymore because it's so readily there. You can get information in so many places. But we've got to be meditating on the right information. We won't be spiritual. We won't be powerful. Our Christian life will be, will be uh, uh, anemic and weak at best if we are drinking from the world's fountain. We have got to be drinking from the right source. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 1. I know you know this, but it's super important. Psalms chapter 1. Be still and know that I am God. Anyone can do it.
God is no respecter of persons, but we got to have the right information in our, coming into our brain. We're feeding ourselves from other sources. Look, look, at, look at Psalms chapter 1 here, verse 1. Blessed, happy, to be envied is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. My, friend, my brothers and sisters, what are we listening to? Is the amount of worldly information as big or bigger than godly information? What is our diet of news? What, what, what do we fill our minds with? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2 is the answer, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You've heard the illustration of the rubber band. If our mind is connected with, with God and we, we pull it away to, to do some earthly work or some earthly things or to give our attention to earthly things, and zoop, it goes right back to God. Or if it's the other way, if our mind is attached to what's the latest and the greatest, and that's the bulk of the information, and that's what we give ourselves over to think about, and we, we eat it, and we drink it, and we sleep it. The, the, the host of sites out there that will give you more than you can think about. If that is our diet, and we, we, and we have to pull ourselves up here to have our morning, our daily devotions, and then we close the Bible, and we don't come there till the next morning, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. We need to find a connection with God. Our delight needs to be in the law of the Lord. So much so that it's a natural, it's a given. In his law will we meditate day and night. Beware of ungodly carnal counsel. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Turn with me to Colossians 3 for another one. Colossians 3. We're talking about learning to know God. Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it dwell in you richly. In all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And the picture that I get from this verse is the man that has gotten a hold of God. He has gotten a hold of this word. He has gotten a taste for it. He has tasted that the Lord is good. Are you with me? He has tasted that the Lord is good. This word is good. It bless you and he's feasting on it. 
And it's just a natural. He's singing with grace in his heart to the Lord. It's not hard. It just comes out. It's easy. That's the picture I get. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. It's just a natural thing to praise God. That's where we want to get to. Amen? That's where we want to get to. This is the mind of Christ. We're supposed to have the mind of Christ. Young people, you have a lot of extra time, probably. I think some extra time at least. What are you doing with that extra time? Learn like David in your young days, in your youth, to get to know God. To, to, to be able to love God. To be able to be excited about the Bible. To be able to be excited about going to church. And when the preacher makes a statement, it connects with your heart. And that amen is in your heart. That's what it should be. Be still and know that I am God. I know God. Our religion shouldn't be a dead religion. But many times we settle for a dry experience. <clears throat> Revelation 12, 11, very familiar verse. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Now, this was not something that they had in their back pocket or something that they had tucked away and, and gave no more thought to it. I believe this was something real. They, they had the whole thing in their heart and mind. They knew the power of the blood. And when a temptation came up, they knew the power of it. And they could use it against the temptation. Not only did they overcome it with the blood of the Lamb, but they overcame it with the word of their testimony. And the word of their testimony was not something they did of themselves, but I believe it was simply they go back to this word and they give glory to God. And we overcome the wicked one by the word of our testimony that is this book right here. And if the trial is so severe, they're willing because they love God so much and they know God so closely that they'll say, for me to die is Christ. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And they loved not their lives unto the death. They were ready to die for the Lord. That was a result, I believe, simply of knowing God. And walking with God. Be still. And know that I am God. Brothers and sisters. This is very important. I don't know. And it's fine. I don't need to know. But. When have you last spent a day. In solitude with God. Or two days. Or three. Come alone. Come away somewhere. Seek after God. Put everything else aside. After it's all over. After this life is over. What else matters? What else matters tonight? Than that we are right with God. We know God. We have learned the habit of, of waiting on God. And walking with God. It's God's will tonight. For all of us to, to be there. 
I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm just challenging us. I'm not saying that you're not doing this. I'm just challenging all of us. When did we last do this? I need to do more of this. You know, it works, the snowball effect works the same way downward as, as it does upward. Do you know that? I mean, if you have a snowball going in the right direction, it gets bigger fast. But if it's, if it's in the wrong direction, it gets small fast. You know, when our problems are bigger than our experience with God, we soon are overwhelmed. And we need to reverse that, that trend. Be still and know that I am God. Part of the burden, of course, of this message is just the day that we live in. With all the bombardment of information, I think we need to give special attention to this tonight. I want to more. I've been, I've been, I've been feeling it that I need to do it more, and I want to do it more. Learning to wait on God. Be silent, be silent, and wait on the Lord. Let's not be like Saul, who, when he got into a hard place, he took matters into his own hands and made a tragic mistake. May God help us. And may the Lord give his blessing to that word. Shall I just close in prayer, or do you want to close, Larry? All right, why don't we all rise, and we'll close in prayer tonight. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to to be challenged by your word. I need this challenge. We all need God. We need to know God. Not only as a as a savior back there in our new birth experience, but as a as a as a mighty as a mighty a refuge today for us to run to. Our God is our refuge, God, and we need to know you that way, that we are familiar with you, that we know you, that we have learned to wait on God. And Lord, as we endeavor to do this, as we learn, as we, as we endeavor to practice this, Lord, as we make the choice to do this more and more, I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself to the eyes of our heart. God, and we would learn the sweetness of the Lord. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And Lord, we would be, we would be overcomers of every problem in our life, Lord. God, grant us that tonight. We pray this in Jesus' precious name, Lord, and I think to pray with what David said, is there not a cause? Shouldn't we have this for the battle that we're facing? Shouldn't we have this kind of, of knowledge of God for our giants, for our Goliath, for our false prophets like Elijah had? God, do we not need the same kind of faith in the living God that David and Elijah had? Oh, God, I know we do. And I pray that you would increase our faith, Lord, tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.
Okay, your artist list. <clears throat>